This is the Nordic Asia Podcast. Welcome to the Nordic Asia Podcast, co-hosted by the Nordic Institute of Asian Studies in Copenhagen and the Center for East Asian Studies at the University of Turku. I'm Andreas Boyforsby, postdoc researcher at the Nordic Institute of Asian Studies, NIAS, where I primarily focus on Chinese foreign and security policy. I'm joined today by Jyrki Kallio from the Finnish Institute of International Affairs, FIA, which is located in Helsinki. Jyrki is a senior research fellow at FIA, where he works as a China scholar, focusing on Chinese foreign policy, regional issues in East Asia, as well as Chinese society, political culture, and traditional philosophy. But he is also one of the most knowledgeable experts on Finland-China relations, our topic today and has previously worked as a diplomat in the Finnish Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Thanks, Jyrki, for joining me today. I remember that the current Finnish president, Sauli Niinistö, was the first Western head of state to meet Xi Jinping after she became president of the People's Republic of China in 2013. She also made a three-day visit to Finland in 2017, the first visit to a Northern European country at the time. And as the first Nordic country, Finland received two pandas in the Atari Zoo in early 2018, well ahead of Denmark. It would seem that Finland is one of China's favorite partners in Europe. Is this a correct way of describing current relations between Finland and China in your view? Well, hello. Um, first of all, thank you very much for letting me in and uh, giving the Finnish uh, perspective uh, on 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 Sino-Nordic relations. I th- I would say that Finland has just been very lucky. Uh, first of all, we have not uh, uh, run into similar bilateral conflicts than, for example, our neighbor Sweden has, and uh, the timing has been right in 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 many ways. Uh, Xi Jinping made sort of an extra visit to Finland because of our uh, celebrating uh, the, uh, the 100th anniversary of Finnish independence uh, coincided uh, with Xi Jinping's need to travel to Florida to meet with, uh, with Donald Trump. And so it was convenient for him to make a stopover uh, in, in Helsinki. And as to the pandas, uh, it could be that uh, the main reason for the pandas being in Finland before before Denmark is that uh, Finland has been doing a lot of forestry cooperation in Sichuan province where the pandas are from and thus over the over decades actually created good cooperation contacts uh, with uh, local nature preservists there and it's believed that the cold Finnish summer although that's not something that we have experienced this year it's been quite quite hot but nevertheless the cold uh, Finnish weather, and especially uh, cold winter, will be uh, good for the pandas so that their hormones start rolling in the spring and, and they might be starting producing offsprings. Okay, um, but uh, I would like to talk a bit more about the nature of uh, the bilateral relationship between Finland and China. Personally, I have always been fascinated and also a bit puzzled about the official term to describe the relationship, which is called a future-oriented new type cooperative partnership. 
Denmark, on the other hand, has a more standardized and quite formalized comprehensive strategic partnership made up of no less than 58 memorandums of understanding and a detailed work program. So how, how should we understand this tailor-made Finnish version of a partnership pro- program? Well, having this kind of a partnership uh, agreement was a Chinese idea. Finland never saw any added value of having a partnership in the first place. And uh, then uh, when Finland agreed on having a partnership, uh, it did not want to enter the game of trying to get a more prestigious partnership like the comprehensive strategic partnership and, 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 and what have you. Instead, uh, Finland agreed to have a practical document, uh, which is mainly used to chart out different forms of current and, and potential cooperation. So it was given a name that nobody else has. It, that it falls outside of the sort of the uh, categorization of the of the regular uh, partnerships. Also, it's a sign of Finnish pragmatism, I would I would say, because China for Finland is important as a trading partner and increasingly as an as an investor. So uh, the declaration was also made as apolitical as possible. So in this declaration, this declaration that, 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 that sort of established this partnership, there is, for example, no reference to China's core interests, which is quite unique if we look at other similar documents. And I would say that this was very well played by the Finnish Ministry of Foreign Affairs. I agree. If we uh, dig a bit deeper into current cooperative projects between Finland and China, do you see any important examples of successful cooperation that involve non-business sectors or actors? For example, it seems to me at least that Finnish universities and other educational institutions have been quite eager and also active in establishing ties with their Chinese counterparts. What are what are the lessons learned from these non-governmental forms of cooperation so far? Well, I would perhaps disagree when when I compare the Finnish universities and their cooperation programs with 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 China I would say that they are no the Finnish universities are no more active than than the universities in in other Nordic countries and uh, that's has to do with the with the lack of resources in the uni- Finnish universities which are uh, rather uh, small however over the last few years, there have been some interesting joint research projects going on in different universities, uh, especially in the fields of, of, uh, of technology, high-tech or, or environmental technology. So, so there is that kind of uh, exchange going on, but that's not really university to university as much as, is, as it is researcher to researcher uh, level, uh, level of, of cooperation. Then there are other... Uh, non-business actors and non-governmental actors that uh, that have been very eager in trying to promote cooperation with China. So we are talking about uh, uh, municipalities, and uh, so they would have their friendship cities in China and and trying to create some content uh, on on the basis of that. Most of them have not been very successful uh, in, in, with that regard. Most of the friendship city agreements tend to be just concentrating on, on exchanges of, of delegations, which is not 
not really fruitful for for anybody. But there there have been some some good examples of 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 working cooperation where the uh, business uh, uh, actors in the in the in in the cities in Finland and China have been successfully integrated into this uh, into this uh, into these programs. So, for example, there have been some eco city projects of uh, that have developed from uh, sort of starting as as a friendship city program. All right, but uh, let's turn to economic relations then. So, according to a recent Marix report, the cumulative value of Chinese investments in Finland during 2000 to 2018 was 7.3 billion euros, making Finland China's fifth most important investment destination in Europe, just after the UK, Germany, France, and Italy. So, I'm curious about how how do the Finnish government and business community perceive recent years growing Chinese investments in Finland? Primarily as opportunities, or perhaps more as risks. Well, first of all, the statistics that that puts Finland so high in as as a recipient of Chinese investments, it's rather misleading. It's really mostly because of one huge acquisition, uh, shares of the gaming company Supercell that was purchased by by a by a by a Chinese company. That was one big huge uh, single purchase. Whereas other uh, investments from China, especially sort of uh, productional investments, so investments that would actually create something new, some new manufacturing plants or something of that sort, we still have not really seen in in, in Finland. Now, Chinese investments are very much uh, welcomed uh, in, in Finland. Uh, of course, there is, there is. I would say, there's very good awareness about w- what could be st- strategically risky, and and how to deal with that. And Finland has been actively participating in related discussion uh, within the European Union as well. Uh, but uh, all in all, the atmosphere is that yes, please, we 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 would we would certainly welcome Chinese investments, uh, and uh, and. Uh, but but unfortunately, uh, so far uh, the results have not been not been very promising. There have been some forestry-related projects in the planning stages, but again, with these, the problem has been that they are actually projects that are competing against each other, different Chinese actors, but only so much of forest in Finland. Although we have a lot, we don't have it quite enough for for all, all of these projects to to, to go through. And of course, they they would all then require also funding from outside China. So we are still very much sort of waiting to see what happens with with the Chinese investments in Finland. But all in all, uh, the atmosphere is 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 rather uh, uh, welcoming towards that. Okay, that's really interesting. Do you know if the Finnish government, like the Danish government? is working on an investment screening mechanism to monitor foreign investments more carefully in the future, an initiative that is, uh, in the Danish case, uh, of course, largely targeted at, at Chinese investments. Well, there has been a related legislature existing in Finland already for a long time. I guess we learned something with our cooperation with, with Soviet Union once upon a time. So... Um, so uh, there are already many many of that kind of mechanisms in place, and and new ones are also being 
uh, being planned and implemented. Okay, let me ask more specifically about Huawei and the new 5G mobile network. Um, how has the Finnish government handled this issue? I guess that Nokia's special position factors heavily into the equation, Nokia being both, both a competitor and also a partner of Huawei in some respects. I guess this makes it quite a balancing act for the Finnish government, uh, how to deal with Huawei, or, or how do you see it? Well, again, I have to use the word pragmatic when referring to, to, to Finnish policies. Uh, really, uh, both the Finnish operators or the ones that, that, that the teleoperators who would be using the uh, 5G equipment and, and who are the ones who are making decisions on, on purchasing, as well as the, uh, as the government, uh, they're all saying that it's, uh, first of all, it is uh, not a good policy to name any one provider as either a bad one or, or a good one. And uh, it's regarded, first of all, very much a technological issue in the sense that uh, one should neither rule out any technology provider or uh, nor put all eggs in, in one basket. So one should keep uh, all avenues open and that, that goes to Huawei as well. So, so Finnish operators are saying that Huawei is, 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 is in the game. Um, as as are other uh, other uh, similar technology providers, it is also at least in the uh, in the business circles, perhaps less so in the government, regarded very much as the the issue about Huawei as re regarded as economic rivalry, rather than a real security threat. Okay, so uh, Yuki, I'm also curious to hear your thoughts on uh, Finland's participation in China's Belt and Road Initiative. So in early 2018, China launched the so-called Polar Silk Road, extending the Belt Road Initiative into the Arctic region, where it might be linked to a projected Arctic corridor from Kirkenes in Norway to Rovaniemi in Finland. Meanwhile, prospective Chinese investments in an undersea rail tunnel between Helsinki and Tallinn could also effectively draw Finland closer to the Belt and Road Initiative. Are any of these plans, uh, according to your knowledge, moving forward, or are there perhaps other important examples of Finland's participation in the Belt and Road Initiative? Well, there are th three different issues here that all are unfortunately intermingled in, in, in the media in a, in a rather misleading manner. There is first of all the, the Belt and Road Initiative and, uh, and, and whether Finland is part, part of the Belt and Road uh, or not. And from the Finnish perspective, uh, we are not. Uh, there is a railroad link uh, that that runs under the the sort of the banner of of Belt and Road uh, railroad link uh, between the Finnish uh, border city of Kouvola and and Xi'an uh, in China. But it's of course using the existing existing railroads. Then there is the uh, Helsinki Tallinn. Railroad tunnel, which is a joint plan, or let's say a joint dream rather at this stage, of cities of Helsinki and, and Tallinn. And that has nothing to do with China whatsoever. There is, however, a competing project by a by an independent business person 
who has been planning an other tunnel. He doesn't like the current tunnel bit running between uh, Helsinki and Tallinn. He is planning an other tunnel between Espo, a neighboring city of Helsinki and, and Tallinn. And he's been claiming that uh, there is Chinese interest towards that project. But that project has no governmental backing whatsoever. It also does not have any of the required uh, permits that, that would be required there. Then there is the Arctic Railroad connection. So uh, connecting the Finnish railroad network uh, to uh, to a Norwegian port in, in, in Kirkenes. There's been a feasibility study on that, and uh, it has been, and this project, uh, according to this feasibility study, is not feasible. There are several several reasons, uh, not only economic unfeasibility, but also the fact that it goes through the Sami Sami land, and the the Sami are very much uh, against this project. So it's very unlikely that this project would ever go through. However, again, the same businessman who is promoting this his own tunnel uh, between Espoo and Helsinki is also saying that he wants to build that railroad and again, possibly with Chinese money. But again, this is just uh, thinking of an of, of of one private business person. Okay, I guess this is perhaps a good time to talk about the broader picture and the deepening great power rivalry between the U.S. and China. So in Denmark, we have seen the Trump administration intervene on several occasions over the past few years to warn Denmark about collaborating with China in areas of strategic interest to Washington, notably with respect to potential Chinese investments in Greenland. So I wonder if the U.S. has put any public pressure on the Finnish government uh, in recent years to accommodate U.S. interests with regard to Huawei, the Belt and Road Initiative, or maybe other issues. Well. I am not aware of any direct pressure uh, towards the Finnish government. And a possible reason for that could be that because we are not a NATO country, so, so, the, um, so the U.S. Is, is not that adamant uh, about, about our positions. However, uh, I do know that the U.S. embassy in Finland has been quite busy lobbying and warning Finnish actors away from cooperation with China. Okay, that's interesting in itself. I think that uh, there's been no uh, public U.S. pressure on on Finland uh, since there's been a lot of that going on in many other Nordic countries. But let's just shift gears a bit and talk uh, about domestic Finnish politics instead. Then, could could you tell us something about whether there are any noticeable differences along partisan lines in Finland with respect to how China is perceived and 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 how Finland should approach Beijing? I mean, in Denmark, the far right and far left parties are more critical of China than the centrist parties that usually form the government in Denmark. But all parties, uh, I should stress that, have become more China skeptical over the past few years. Is it the same picture that we are uh, witnessing in Finland, or how would you put it? Well, the picture in Finland seems to be seems to be quite different. Uh, this uh, earlier early this year. The Finnish media has been reporting, uh, making investigative journalism regarding some parliamentarians belonging to the right-wing populist Finns party uh, who have had shady dealings with some Chinese actors. And uh, that 
same party, the Finns party, is largely can be largely regarded as pro-Putin, and uh, there seems to be a degree of envy towards the Chinese efficacy among the members of that party as well. So that's that's one difference. It's really the uh, the populist right-wing uh, Finns party, and then everybody else. Then there's another sort of a dividing gap, perhaps, and might be a bigger dividing gap, actually, that is is located between generations. Those who witnessed the uh, hype of Finnish-Chinese economic relations in the 1990s and early 2000s, they tend to look at China in a somewhat a Finlandized manner, thinking that we should not anger China because it's so important for us economically and and, and, and all that. And there, then there is the younger generation uh, who is probably influenced by the Finnish media uh, growing uh, more and more critical about China, as the Finnish media is growing more critical about China as well. Okay, so um, you already alluded to this, but I'm just curious. So is it all the Finnish media that are, you know, uh, having a pretty critical uh, China coverage, uh, which is pretty much the case in Denmark, or is the overall picture a bit more complex? Are there some Finnish media that are, you know, being having more favorable views uh, when it comes to uh, assessing China's role and influence in the world? It's difficult to, to say that there would be major differences. Uh, perhaps I would not put that sort of, um, well, how should I put this uh, nicely? I don't think that the reason that the Finnish media is, I think, reporting rather in a rather balanced manner about China has to do with their professionalism as much as the fact that there isn't just very much of reporting about China in the Finnish media, and certainly not many journalists who are really thoroughly following China. So there are not that many news, and, and the news that we we have uh, tend to be uh, tend to be uh, critical, but not overly so. I would still call it uh, relatively balanced. But as I said, uh, I have been sort of sensing some growing level of 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 criticalness over the last years, and that is probably due to the trade war and the Huawei case and that discussion going on all over Europe and also news that we hear from Sweden. All right. Let's uh, finally turn our attention to some of the issues that currently dominate the international media, the Hong Kong crisis and the, and the COVID-19 pandemic. So has the Finnish government made any statements in support of the Hong Kong protest over the past year? And and how does it position itself with respect to China's role or responsibility in the corona crisis? Well, Finland hasn't really stuck its head out in, in, in these questions. Uh, Finland has been making statements about Hong Kong within the European Union and, and also international organizations as, as part of some, some larger grouping, but, but not, not individually. And uh, same goes with uh, with uh, with with respect to China's uh, role in the Corona crisis. Uh, 
there, there have been no official complaints uh, about that. Although the media has, of course, been reporting uh, all the same uh, suspicions about uh, about uh, about China not releasing information as fast as it could have, and and, and all that. Okay, uh, you can maybe let me just uh, add one more question before we wind up here. So I'm also curious about what role Finland plays uh, in the EU regarding relations with Beijing. I mean, there are several different groups of countries in the EU that, uh, you know, have taken very distinct positions uh, when it comes to dealing with with China and sensitive issues uh, in China. Um, so where do you see Finland belonging uh, among these different differently positioned groups within the EU? Well, traditionally, uh, Finland has been part of sort of the northern bloc, and that 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 is still still true. So this bloc that tends to put more emphasis on on human rights issues than perhaps some uh, southern uh, member states. Finland does share the concerns of the Commission about uneven playing fields uh, in China for foreign enterprises, uh, and Finland. Uh, uh, but at the same time, Finland understands the importance of China and wants to see dialogue with China ongoing, uh, understanding that a dialogue with China is absolutely necessary for dealing with global challenges, including climate crisis and, and biodiversity. And finally, Finland also is 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 with the perhaps uh, majority front within the European Union that, that, that stand for a more autonomous Europe, want to see Europe having more its own policies and, and, and lines and staying sort of uh, outside, not, not going, not siding with either the US nor China. All right. I think we'll end today's podcast here. You've been listening to the Nordic Asia podcast with me, Andreas Boy Forsby, and Jyrki Kalil from the Finnish Institute of International Affairs. Before we close, I would like, as a service announcement, to tell our listeners that this Nordic Asia podcast series already contains episodes on Denmark-China relations, Norway-China relations, and Sweden-China relations. Jyrki, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about Finland-China relations today. It was a pleasure. My pleasure as well. You have been listening to the Nordic Asia podcast.